Meet Ava. She has been diagnosed with three different autoimmune diseases, including Hashimoto's. Like many, she first went the conventional route, but soon found that she was just spinning her wheels. She then discovered a more functional approach and started seeing a functional MD. It was so exciting to start getting some explanations. But after about six months of a very restrictive diet and taking loads and loads of supplements that he recommended based on very extensive blood work that they ran, she didn't really feel all that much better. And of course, as you can imagine, that was super frustrating. She had spent a ton of money, but felt lost and confused as to why she's not seeing the changes that she's heard about from others that are going through a similar journey. She felt like she was missing something, and that is when she came to see me. After going through my very detailed health intake, I noticed that while she was eating the recommended diet and taking the recommended supplements, she was not really taking care of herself in other ways. And while I know that diet and supplements are important, those alone are most likely not going to get to the bottom of her issues if these other things don't change. I knew exactly where we needed to look to help solve her health mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. You just heard about Ava's autoimmune struggles even after starting with a functional doctor. Joining me on the show today to talk more about Ava's case is Dr. Connie Gian. Dr. Connie is the founder of Alkaline Wellness and Lupus Rebel. She helps type A ambitious and committed autoimmune patients reverse their disease holistically so that they can create a successful life without limits. And she's lived with an autoimmune condition herself for over 20 years and believes that any obstacles can be used as a catalyst for drastic improvements in health and life. Dr. Connie, so excited to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. Now, autoimmunity is rampant in our society, and more and more people are being diagnosed with all types of autoimmune conditions. And many of them start conventionally, like Ava did, but then realize that it's not really complete, and then they look more into functional medicine. But for some, like in Ava's case, it may still not be complete because a lot of the practitioners, even the functional and holistic ones, could still be missing things. Tell us a little bit more about that. Why do you think that's the case? I believe the premise where we start off the cases with is a big problem. Um, I've been doing functional medicine now for over a decade, and I used to get so um, excited to go deep, dive deep into the nitty gritty. And I found that over time, that rabbit hole, digging deep into the rabbit hole, Finding what the problem, the root cause of the problem focus was the ultimate thing that was wrong. We always want to be solution oriented. And so looking for the problem only allows us to focus on the tactical interventions, whatever seems to be best for that moment, meaning it's not in depth, like from the beginning, scratch the overall, like overhaul um, lifestyle things that we can address versus 
you know, addressing incremental things. So you're doing things without strategic overview of this patient on the whole level. This includes their physiological dysfunctions, of course, the symptoms that they come with, but they have stories that they live with every single day and all the other perpetuating factors, triggers, and all the other things that they bring on to the setting of functional medicine is sometimes missed. We dive so in to looking at the biochemical wrongness or issues related to the symptoms. And I think that's a common thing that we see across the board in the field of functional medicine. It's more tactical versus strategic overview of what the whole person needs to be. Does that make sense? It does. What you're saying is so important. And I really, really see this because when I started in my practice, and like you said, you've been doing this for a while, and it sounds like you kind of came from that place too. I was very much you know, go with what's on paper. And, you know, I ran a lot of tests. I still do, of course. But then it was like, okay, this test means this, you're deficient in this, so we have to fix this. And I've, of course, grown a lot over the last 15 years as we, you know, all have and realized there's so much out there. But, you know, I think you're just so right that sometimes we focus so much on some of these nitty gritty things that we forget that there is a bigger picture. And that's so, so important. So let's talk about some of these things, you know, because so many people that listen to the show have autoimmune diseases and a lot of them do see functional medicine doctors. So I just want to make sure that my listeners can really get all of the different things that they should be looking at. And if their doctor is not, they can either maybe look for someone else that can, or maybe even an additional practitioner that can help along with that. So I believe number one, and Ina, you can stop me and ask me questions, but I'm going to kind of go off on certain things that I want to address is number one thing that we must as practitioners address is the psychosomatic effects of the disease itself, looking at to the past of the client to see what could be triggering them from the past, as well as what's the narrative mindset that they're telling themselves right now. And so a lot of the times, for example, with autoimmunity, I'm hoping that these clients, and I call them clients, not patients, because I don't want to assume that they're sick forever, because we're going to be told that it's incurable. And when we're tacked with that incurable label, I know what it did to me psychosomatically. I got defeated. I felt broken. I felt like I was a broken being that can never dare to dream anymore. Anymore. And I don't know what the future holds for me because all the symptoms were so obvious in my life and in my uh, physical uh, being that it scared me to no end. So it's the story. What's the story that they're stuck to? Because a lot of the times what I find is because of the traumatic past that they bring up to that point, they've already been running on what I call the sympathetic overdrive, where they're constantly in a state of fear. And you know this with me too, right? We check adrenals, we check all the cortisol levels, but if it's something that they can't put a break on the, you know, sympathetic nervous system by us helping them to address it with more of the autonomic flow, like a parasympathetic balance, then they're never going to find that happy medium. So, but we can do our part as practitioners, but they have to self-explore 
all the things, and that requires them to be very intuitively aligned with how they're driving their lives. What's their belief systems? What's their thought processes that generate the feelings in their body? How do they really feel about that? Their thoughts and feelings? Because they come to a functional medical doctor and they want to give us the rain. And they want us to solve the problem. But really, functional medicine, I know you would agree with me, is a partnership. Healing is an inside job. And if they're not aligned with their thoughts and feelings, their belief systems about this disease, no matter what action that they take, because that action, we prescribe them supplements, sometimes some hormones, sometimes the diets, we tell them to exercise, right? Even if they do that momentarily, If it's not an alignment change between their psychology, which is their thoughts, repeated thoughts and belief patterns, and their feelings that align with the belief that they are going to be cured and they are taking charge, then it doesn't matter what actions are going to revert back after you're done with them. They're going to be like looking for another solution and say, huh, it was marginal. I'm kind of better, but not all the way because they themselves have not shifted and changed. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. And I do so much work, um, you know, personally and with my clients as well on beliefs, um, whether they're limiting beliefs and other beliefs and where some of their stories come from. Now for someone who is not familiar with this. And maybe they've seen functional medicine doctors that were just, you know, very straightforward and gave them a lot of supplements. What would you recommend that people do? Where would they start in the sense of looking at some of these beliefs or the psychosomatic trauma? Are there any tools you recommend, any courses or other resources? Yeah, it's a way for them to explore their inner being, right? Um, Joseph Dispenza, Dr. Dispenza, do you, have you heard of him? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. So he talks about the breaking the habit of being yourself. There's a habituation here. And if we're, and then we're so subconscious to them, we're not even aware, right? So we need to raise the consciousness. And I don't know if, and it's like, kind of like what you just said, people don't know what they are bringing to the table with. So I always have my first initial conversation about where are you? What are your true thoughts about functional medicine? What are you expecting to get out of the visits and where are we going, you know, going forward, right? And what have you done? But more importantly, you asked what, where do they start? Well, they have to start with an informed practitioner that are not only going to be relying on the knowledge and the science of everything, because we get so bent over backwards on the evidence-based approach, so much so that sometimes we don't tie the bases with knowledge and intuition, and then science to really ultimately um, gaining wisdom. And that practitioner is sort of kind of like you, you're kind of addressing the whole body, right? And so if you are seeing a practitioner, and like, I guess, like, before you even seek out a functional medical doctor, what I'd like to really, really encourage the patients that are listening here is to really, really understand that this is a lifestyle intervention, that functional medicine is a lifestyle intervention. And why are you seeking functional medicine? Well, it's ultimately to reverse the symptoms in a way that's holistic, that aligns with your cellular being, as opposed to, you know, taking a Band-Aid approach. So it does take a lot of 
thought work on your part to know exactly what drove you to have these symptoms. So you really do have to step up and recognize what role did you play in pushing this disease to this threshold. There's no blame, there's no judgment, but there's responsibility in our health is something that I encourage every single one of the listeners to really look at first and foremost. Do you recommend, you know, as people explore this, because again, for some that have been doing this for a while, it may be fairly easy, but for others that are just starting out, this may seem like a huge task and something that is, you know, just very unknown to them. So do you recommend that they work with maybe a therapist or an energy worker or someone that specializes in a specific topic with beliefs? How would you help them get to the bottom of that? Or is it something that you do with them within their sessions as well? Well, I do incorporate a lot of that with with my sessions. But here's the thing is, as somebody who's lived with um, autoimmunity for the last 20 years now, what I did was I started with TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, that led me to anti-aging medicine, to acupuncture therapies and herbal therapies and functional medicine, yoga, Pilates, you name it. Like I've gotten... All of, all of it. And as a registered dietitian too, I did start with the dietetics, but even within the field of dietetics, you know how we have so many dogmatic ways of dealing with the patient. So I like to like ask my patients to go way above the horizon to look at their lives because our stressors are what's driving the inflammation. And it's the inflammation affecting our gut lining we call leaky gut or what have you. That stressor is also impacting our stress level. Levels. And so even if you know nothing about these things, I want, I want to make sure you guys realize that sometimes taking ownership means you can start with the energetic work, like you're saying, but be careful not to buy into the whole energy part of it. So it's not just about energy, but you have to work on your thought work and your narrative for how you live your life, but also observe your nutrition and, you know, what drives those actions and are you exercising every day? But here's what I want to really ultimately come to is I want everybody here listening what this would, this will be a game changer. If you can spend probably about 10 minutes every morning, what I call brain dumping, wake up and figure out what are all the thoughts that you wake up with? We don't really observe our thoughts because with autoimmunity, I'm sure you can agree with me. I used to wake up and I used to be like, okay, this day is going to be awful because I feel awful. Right. Do you see how like my feelings dictated what day I'm going to have? Yeah. It wasn't until I realized, okay, what thought preceded me feeling like I'm going to have a bad day? (laughs) Because then if I'm feeling that I'm going to have a bad day. And so it was me observing, oh my gosh, what's in my brain? And then doing the brain dump in this way allowed me to see what's going on in my head. And then when I see it on paper, only then I realize, oh my gosh, all the crappy things that I'm thinking every day that dictates what I'm going to have that day or do or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because that thought is what's driving me to seek like your services, for example, because I want to get better. Or I might go choose like a carrot cake instead just to buffer the feelings of feeling bad. Yeah. And so there's this self-sabotage baked into this. And that's why I say the alignment of thoughts and feelings, because the actions, the prescription by which we give you will definitely reverse your symptoms. 
But the problem is the shift needs to happen on the inside. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. As far as where we go, I want to ask you, Ina, like, how do you like approach your patients in this way? Because I feel like from what I know about you, you address the patient on the whole as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just as you do for sure. And I love what you're saying about brain dumping, because that's something I recommend often. I recommend people journal in the morning and write down all of their thoughts. And like you said, we then are able to see it. Otherwise, we're just not able to see what we're thinking because they go so fast. And then from that, we look at a lot of the beliefs And most people don't realize that they have certain beliefs. I've done a lot of belief work myself and the practitioner I worked with pointed out to me that I have this belief of not being good enough. And I just could not understand. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't have this belief. I, I think I'm good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You know? And he kind of went back into my past and we figured it out, but it was a three hour conversation about how. I had this belief and I didn't even believe that I had it because it was so deeply hidden, I guess. Yeah. So we do a lot of that and I do work with uh, EMDR a little bit and then work with just connecting the mind and the body because so often people, and I'm sure you probably do this as well. And it's such a big thing where we may think something, but our body doesn't feel it which could be a good thing, I guess, in certain respects, but a bad thing in other respects. Um, But you really want to make that connection. You know, sometimes we may have a fearful thought and not realize that that fearful thought is actually manifesting in a specific area within our body, you know, whether it's our stomach or our chest. And oftentimes those are the areas that we actually have our symptoms in. And so it's finding that connection and then it's disconnecting the fearful thought from where it's manifesting and then reconnecting it to something else that's more positive. So I do a lot of that work as well. Yeah. Just want to say with the thought work, I love what you said about the mind body connection. Cause I always talk about mind body connection and you know, I have a doctoral degree in physical therapy. So physical movement is super huge, important. The nutrition food for about the body is hugely important, but really there's food for thought as well, right? That's going to ultimately bring you to the practice. And you know, I'm a yoga fanatic because through the pranayama practice, which is the breath, right? We can connect the mind to the body. And in yogic practice, we talk about how we have to ready the physical mind for the body and the soul to say, take seat in the body. And I really want to encourage all the readers or listeners here to say, you, you know, we forget our own core essence. And we look to external validation for all that we do. And so tuning inward is the work. As part of the work with me in the autoimmune transformation program, because unless you're not tuned in, you're always going to subject yourself to look for the solutions for your physiological body and then the symptoms. And then, you know, the sensory system is always sending us signals, And it's almost as if we have the pain signals because we have the receptors and yes, we have the voluntary motor control to like bend our elbow at the, you know, if we think about doing that, but there are sensory receptors coming from the environment to us. So many of us have lost that touch, that mind body connection to our sensory system. And I look at the basic things. How's your posture? Is your head above the spine to open up the thoracic spine where the autonomic nervous system houses? 
to balance out the sympathetic? And is there a structural anomaly? Are you really breathing in and having full excursion, looking at the metabolic exchange of oxygen to carbon dioxide? Nobody really thinks about it. And even in the field of nutrition, I feel like as registered dietitian in the hospital, we only look at the food. And then there's an interdisciplinary thing of somebody looks at the lungs, somebody looks at the kidney, somebody looks at the heart. There's a specialist for everything, but nobody looks at the whole picture. And so I am of the mind that as functional medical practitioners, we have to go above and beyond our scope of practice, stop staying in our own lane, but start to address the body on the whole. Because I was not able to reverse anything until I was able to have breakthroughs within the disciplines, because we have scope of practice issues. Like as a physical therapist, even if I was a DPT, I couldn't get into the Institute of Functional Medicine certification program. But as an RD, I could. And so a lot of my doctoral friends and colleagues are like, it's not because it's not in my scope of practice. I can help you move. But look, we need ATP to move. We need biochemistry to, we need fuel to move. And so if we just look at the physical movement without considering the nutritional aspects, and this is the problem I have, is personal trainers and yoga teachers without the licensure, they're not as trained as we are, but they get to give all kinds of advice on nutrition, fitness, everything. But as registered dietitians and physical therapists, for example, they stay in their own lanes and they refuse to, you know what I mean? Like break, have breakthrough and have an expansive view. Yeah, yeah. So I really encourage the listeners to look at your body is a whole level. Your thinking, your psychology interacts with your body. It's the mind-body mastery that's absolutely required. And then it leads to self-mastery health mastery, ultimately to life mastery. So it's an inside out job. And so that's what I want to encourage them. And so that's why I would just want to push a little bit of beginner yoga and meditation to all the listeners. If they want to start somewhere, getting tuned into their body is something that they can do. And when you, when you talked about the therapist, because I have a psychology degree too, I thought about becoming a psychologist. When you're talking to a therapist, you're already looking to the external person to figure out what's wrong with me. (laughs) Help me to feel better. Like I'm giving my power away. So I'm always about self-exploration. Self-evolution begins with you. That requires a coach, somebody like you or me to put the mirror to them with compassion and lovingness, coach them through exposing the layers of themselves so that They can get to know and cultivate self-awareness. And that's where it should all start. And that's why I feel we lose the impact that we can get in functional medicine. Now, let's talk a little bit about overly restrictive diets, because that is another thing where people can, you know, think they're doing something good, but it actually can turn them into potentially the wrong direction. Tell us more about that. Talking about the overly restricted diet. So we know diets don't work. Back in the 90s, when I graduated from my master's degree in nutrition, we know that a lot of the diets are useless 
that we used to believe in fat-free diets back then. And everything is different today. It's all about the fat. It's the keto. And then there's issues with a lot of the diets with elimination diet and different FODMAP diets in functional medicine. There's so many diets to choose from. Here's my problem. A lot of medications come in with a bag full of supplements and they're down to very minimal things that they can eat. So we're making orthorexic patients. And, you know, and you think anorexia is bad. We're becoming orthorexic. Food sensitivities is on the rise and my patients are scared to eat. So here's where I start. Again, food is not our enemy. I always talk about you're the host. We need to strengthen your gut lining so that you can eat just about everything. We need certain levels of toxicity and we should be able to take on some toxins and eliminate them out of our body. But that function is compromised. And that's what we want to work to strengthen. So I start with the elimination diet, but then I'm all about adding back everything and then some. Of course, if you're a celiac patient or you have some sensitivities, we want to make sure we stay away from it. But I'm more about let's fix the gut lining. Let's decrease the sensitivity so you can enjoy life. So using the 80-20 rule. And so, and also alkaline diet, eat whole foods, real foods, focus on that, stay away from sugar, stay away from, you know, additives and artificial foods, you know, packaged foods, processed foods. And then, so as long as you stay on the whole, that's what we focus on. And that's what we should focus on because we are malnourishing our patients in a big way. And, and that's going to become a problem. And it's not the same to get it from a capsule in a supplement. Right. Exactly. And you know, another thing that I see a lot is when people come in and they're already on these overly restrictive diets, they're also really scared to eat. And so from just the mindset aspect of it, if someone is only eating 10 foods and they're so scared that God forbid, you know, food may get in somewhere when they're out and they're not sure. And they're constantly in a state of fear, which then puts them in fight or flight. And then they can't even process those 10 foods that they are eating. So it's such a vicious cycle that happens. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask you about hormones because hormones, especially things like progesterone, you know, I know that's a big belief of yours, you know, that can be overprescribed. Tell us a little bit more about that and why that's an issue. Yeah. So when I sought out a functional medical doctor 11 years ago, and that's really how I got into functional medicine, is the first thing she did was did some methylation SNP testing and hormone testing. And she she decided that I was low on progesterone and gave me progesterone, sent me on my way, asked me to come back three, after three months. Didn't talk about any of the food diets. She didn't ask me about any of my stressors any of that, no lifestyle things. And then I realized, oh my gosh, that's not the way to go. And then I learned about the HPA axis, right? Hypopituitary thalamic axis. And you know about this. It's the stressors that's running rampant and that can have an endocrinological like wreck havoc in your system. Yeah. And Dr. Connie, for those people that may not be familiar with the HPA axis, can you just give a very quick summary of what that is just so that the listeners understand? It's a complex set of direct influences and it's a feedback mechanism. And then there's biochemical interactions uh, between the hypothalamus. It's a little center in our brain and then the pituitary gland and then the adrenals. We talk about the adrenal fatigue, but also this little loop biofeedback uh, mechanism is really sensitive to the daily stressors of life. And often, like you talk about Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, unless you look at this first 
And, you know, before even looking at my progesterone levels, if we can just recognize what lifestyle factors are driving this in an um, abnormal way, then we can just stop here before going down the chain of, I guess, biochemical processes affecting all the endocrinological systems, including our sexual hormones like progesterone. And so, and oftentimes these are things that we can fix by tuning inward, the meditation, the yoga, mind-body mastery, and just doing little things daily. And then the brain dumping that we talked about to really you know, bring a little bit of a balance in our autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and the auto, um, uh, parasympathetic nervous system, so that we can kind of create that balance from fight or flight, which is sympathetic nervous system. And parasympathetic nervous system is your restore, regenerate, calm, and zen. We need both. But because of our world today, highly connected to the electronics, we're always on the go, always on the connect. And, you know, even with the pandemic right now, it's the worst because we're fear mongered every single day. And so that drives that loop and our HPA axis is like through the roof and it's so, so abnormal, but then yet you go to the functional medical doctor to be given progesterone is really, really not the right way to do things. Does that make sense? Like it's a very, yeah, definitely. it's the whole picture. And I hope that that makes sense. It does definitely. And I've had a lot of personal experience with this as well. Cause when I first started out, my adrenals were always testing really low. And it was interesting that I tried to take adrenal supplements and this was, you know, we're going back 20 years, but every time I took adrenal supplements, it either would make my skin break out, but it just like, I don't know, something just did not work. It didn't make me feel good. And I kept trying all these different supplements, just think, okay, maybe I need this adrenal because my cortisol. Maybe I'll need this one and this one. I went back and forth and back and forth and it wasn't working. And it wasn't until exactly what you said that I started to look at all of this and realize, well, wait a minute, these my body techniques, the belief work, all of that, it's so much more powerful than any supplement. And it doesn't give me all of those potential side effects. So, you know, I think that goes for obviously hormones and other supplements. You have to look at that. So I just think what you're saying is so, so important there. Uh, what about rapport with patients? Because that's something that, you know, you think would be second nature, right? It just happens, but that's not always the case. Yeah. So I think, again, it's it's this, um, a lot of functional medical doctors come into functional medicine because they, they're so jaded by their um, conventional medical setting. When they come, there's this doctor to patient type of a relationship. And so it's always, you're the fixer, and then the patient is the receiver. Versus the rapport is when you share in the goals intuitively, connectedness, just more compassion and empathy, and then the intent by which you guys align yourselves to the actual goal of the patient is a lot of the times missing. Because I feel that a lot of, um, sometimes, and this is not always, there's many great doctors out there, so I don't want to give bad you know, representation in this way, but I do feel like you need to go to somebody that you feel like who exemplifies the health and vitality that you're seeking to have. For example, when I went to various functional medical doctors, in retrospect, I think back and I don't want to live my life because I felt like they were the, the more I learned now, right? In retrospect to whoever gave me the progesterone hormone, for example, she wasn't the epitome of health that I was looking for. 
Do you know what I mean? I know that she wasn't exercising. She wasn't always practicing what she was preaching, but she was prescribing me stuff. And so if there's a malalignment, that rapport subconsciously will not be there. And so when you look for a functional medical uh, practitioner, I think you should look for somebody who you align with intuitively. That's super important because this is lifestyle. Ina, you agree with me, right? This is a lifestyle solution. It's the path. We're partners in crime. We can guide you and we can coach you. We can mentor you to go from point A to B, but the work has to come from you. And unless you align with us and know that we are here for you, cheerleading you way all the way through, not just telling you, come back in three months and see what happens, then it's just not going to have a full force effect. And I feel like that there's that detachment because I've had so many patients that come, they lost that rapport with them in the three months and they're out shopping for another doctor and then another doctor because that's the system. Right? Yes, yes. And then it becomes, even though functional medicine is supposed to get to the root, it becomes a band-aid approach too because then Absolutely. there's one doctor, yeah. right, who gives one thing and then you have another supplement. And of course, even though functional medicine doctors are much more open, they're still not talking with each other. And someone may be seeing a nutritionist and a functional doc and a hormone doc maybe, and then they're just taking a bunch of things that don't even work together. Yeah. Yeah. You get lost. Let's talk a little bit about lab testing. We love lab testing, but is there such a thing as excessive lab testing perhaps? Absolutely. I've had to, I have had to navigate like a binder full of lab testing. And you and I both know these specialty testing are super expensive. Right. Yeah. And so you can look at all the abnormalities, like all the things and focus on what's wrong with you versus can we sometimes come out of the nitty gritty? I call this the yin to the yang approach. Sometimes you have to go above the horizon to see. It's almost like you're navigating. If you've ever been to New York City, there is, you know, Manhattan is like lots of crossroads, right? If you're dumped off on Fifth Avenue and Broadway, for example, you have to navigate and it's almost like you go to every store to figure out what you're going to do, but really you don't know what you're looking for versus you go on above the horizon, up on the helicopter, or better yet, you have a map and you know from point A to B where you want to go. And so you fix that first and figure that out and avoid all the traffic jams and try that first before you get lost in the small streets. And sometimes I feel like if there's things that are big, big picture, big stroke, impactful things that you can be doing through lifestyle, like the brain dumping strategy, simple adjustments in your diet. Elimination is a gold standard for food sensitivity testing, right? I'd much rather you live the solution right now, figure that out first, see what you can balance, let the dust settle, and then figure out what the lab testing you need because lab testing is just a small window of where you were at that moment, at that very second. But biochemically, we're fluctuating all day. The hormones, there's a lot of controversies around these things. We know you're abnormal because you're sick, you're having symptoms. So can we do a big strokes approach? And so I'm always about resources are resources. Just because I have a bunch of labs, it gives me a headache looking at them, searching for the root cause when you're not doing like probably 80% of what you should be doing in your lifestyle. And let's see what happens when you do that. And then bring the yang to the yin and, and then we can you know, strategically start to test things that's going to impact your path 
to go from A to B in the fast way possible is the way I like to look at it. Not get lost in the science too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when you talk about it being an inside job and looking at all of the lifestyle things and those 80% of things that most people are not doing, let's talk a little bit about that because I know you speak often about boundary setting and self-respect and self-love and just overall stress management. So tell us a little bit more about that. It's, it's, it's like, have you, um, there's a video on YouTube. So a woman has like a pencil stuck to her forehead, like, or, or knife stuck to her forehead. And she's telling her spouse, oh my gosh, I have a headache. I have a headache. And then the husband is wanting to move that knife so that she doesn't feel the pain anymore, but she just wants to talk about Mm -hmm. the problem yeah, without really addressing the problem. Do you know what I'm saying? And so in that way, a lot of the times we're so blind to the everyday stuff. Looking at, like, I had this revelation, like I have the most loving mom, but there was a lot of psychotraumatic things of the past that stirred up for me. And I got really, really sick last year. And I realized I kept going back and reliving my past with her. And so my frustrations, because I had an agenda for her and I didn't have my boundaries set in a healthy way. And so I kept going back. It's almost like stove is hot, stove is hot but I keep saying it's hot, it's hot, it's hot, but yet I keep going back. Einstein said at best, we keep expecting different results, but you know we're doing the same thing over and over again. So um, a lot of the times that needs to be recognized. And we can't recognize that if we don't do the inner work. The brain dumping really helps you to see, oh my gosh, what's going on there? And just be curious about these things that come up for you without judgment, without habitual thought processes that take you down a very negative path, which all, I also call Dr. Amen famed this, um, coined this term. It's called ants, right? Autonomic negative thoughts. And when we go there, it's inevitable. We, we are burying ourselves too deep. We can't get out. And we get stuck there. And yet here you are, functional medicine, let her heal you. We can't heal you without your help. And so a lot of our work needs to be on that, like self-work, coaching them to know thyself, love thyself so that you can have the results you want in your life, not only health-wise, but the emotional metabolism is also something that I talk about, you know, because we don't metabolize the negative emotions. We like to just cover them up. And that creates that negative energy. You talked about the energy. And then we seek other energy healers to clean out our energy. But yet we keep going back. We're unable to metabolize our own feelings. Yeah. No, it's the same thing as, yeah, like you're saying, you know, having certain foods that aren't good for us or certain toxins, right? If we don't take care of that, we just then keep getting more in. So it's the same thing with energy and emotions for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about the point of being shown what to do versus being told what to do. How is that different? Uh, Because I know a lot of practitioners are going to take one standpoint versus another. Talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, I think lifestyle looks differently for everybody, and we talk a lot about epigenomics, epigenetics. And we know life through lifestyle, certain genes get turned up, up regulation of bad stuff, down regulation of the good stuff, or vice versa. All based on what we do. Like I said about the doctor in the past, like my mindset when I come to a functional medical doctor, if I'm thinking he's going to hear um, heal me, like. Us as patients also bring the fact that, you know, conventional medicine, when we go to the doctors, we talk about our problems, they give us medication in the same way we expect the same thing to the functional medical practitioner. But I want this to be more about, and this is really more about the practitioners. How about if we practice what we preach? Unless we experience how, what it's like to, I don't know, let's say cook healthy every day or, you know, do the elimination diet and be in the shoes of the patient that it's hard to know. It's almost like I say, you know, living with an autoimmune condition, such like mine, that's life-threatening. It's like expecting to go up the Mount Everest, but everybody's at the base camp telling me exactly what to do, what not to do but they're not willing to come up with me. They're telling me I'm risking my life, but they're telling me how to go up that Mount Everest. But unless you go up and you know how, how hard it is, you can't empathize and have compassion. So I just want to call all the functional practitioners to say, if you're expecting this of the patient, but more uh, you know, authentic way of living would be to really figure out how you can be healthier too. So not only do you hide behind your white lab coat, but show them the way. So it's the partnership. You hold their hand through the fire together because you're doing it too. And so that's all I mean. And I think that was what was missing from every one of my practitioners that I sought out. They told me to do these things, yet they've never done that. They don't know. And when I asked for the recipes, it's like they didn't know because that's not how they eat. Right. And that's why you're so good at what you do because you've experienced it. And like you just said, when you're a patient first, you know what the other people that you're working with are going through. You can have the empathy, you can have the compassion, you have that true understanding, which I think a lot of people unfortunately are missing. And Ina, like I have to say the same thing for you. You're exactly that practitioner. You know, you know what it's like to struggle. And so you're getting down to meet the needs of your clients in a very profound and authentic way. And I just think there has to be more people stepping up in this way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you really do see and look at, you're having conversations that nobody's having because a lot of the times we think that's it. It's all good. Like to keep practicing functional medicine, but you're saying bringing out the difficult cases and why doesn't that work? You're asking questions, critically thinking and diving deep into the problem. And so you're going to get answers. And so people should come see people like you because then they- And you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, then they get the answers that they need. You know what I mean? Because you don't have to be doing this. You can just be practicing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, and I'm sure you would agree with this. It's kind of hard once you've done the work yourself, it's kind of hard to not- do some of this with the people that you're seeing because you know it's so important. It's almost like, well, how do you even skip that, right? Because you know it's needed. Yeah. You yeah. must have no choice at that point. Yeah, for sure. Now, when, when you're working with someone and you know they first come in to see you, how do you 
determine the big picture? Like, how do you look at that and know where you're going to start? So a lot of my patients come and they've been to every functional medical doctor they've, because I've been doing blogging for autoimmune patients for a long time and I run a private Facebook group. And so these patients find me after years of trying this and trying that. And they realize, oh my gosh, this exact thing. And that's, that's my thing is if nothing's working for you, can we take a drastically different approach? So I always say I flip the model upside down. There are no rules. I use the knowledge with my intuition. I use the wisdom with my intellect to figure things out. A lot of them come to me with a lot of labs. And so I don't really need to do the labs, but I see that they, nobody connected the dots for them. But most importantly, like I'll tell you, I recently had a, a patient who came in with um, uh, Sjogren's and she went to Mayo Clinic and she went everywhere and she's been having like severe dry eyes, dry mouth, so bad and muscle aches and numbness and tingling, autonomic issues. But she's been told Sjogren's and I'm like, where's the Sjogren antibody positivity? Well, she went to Mayo Clinic because dry mouth, 40% of the Sjogren's patients don't have antibodies against it. So it's a, it was a hypothetical diagnoses that she received. So I told her because she was doing Ironman and she's a successful financial advisor and she's super successful, no time, but she drives really hard. And I noticed from our conversation that she doesn't have a brakes to her accelerated car. Mm -hmm. And so she keeps wrecking forward thinking she can't stop. And so I, I reminded her, Let's question your beliefs about your condition. And then she had COVID really bad, cytokine storm, and now nothing is working in her body. Oh, boy. And so that's almost, and then I have all these laughs and she's done everything under the sun. Nobody really put it together for her because she went here, she went there. She's her belief system. She's trying to figure it all out. And so this is where I have to converge all the information. And then I have to sort of like pull it all together to say, hey, let's talk about what you've got going on. Because first we have to have a conversation about your thought processes. In order for you to work with me, I need you to have a beginner's mind. Scratch all that you think you know. And she still struggles. She'll tell me what she believes. And then she'll tell me, no, 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 that's not what I, but it, it is. That's what, so it's very subconscious. Yeah. Super smart. Do you know what I'm talking about, Ina? Oh, exactly. This is so meta that I think you and I experience it, but it's like, how do we get her? And I like, it, we have to embrace that, right? And then start to unveil, peel off the onion one at a time. And sometimes it's the big picture, but sometimes it's gotta be deep dive into the nitty gritty of the scientific. So it's West meets the East, yin to the yang, acid and alkaline. We need both. Such is the paradox of life, right? Yeah. So that's how I work. It's different for each individual. Yeah, as, yeah go ahead. I was going to say, as it should be, because we are all different. And some people, like you said, the beliefs, it may be one of their biggest things. Other people, it may be other traumas or it may be, you know, other thoughts that they're having, or it could be a combination of that and maybe some kind of a very major biochemical pitfall that you have to put together with it. Yeah. And then, you know, the HPA axis right now, it's like rampant. I mean, pandemic does that to you. We're scared, all of us. Yeah. And then add autoimmunity to that. Yeah. Like you're a hot mess. <laughs> and so <laughs> simple things, 
Like, can you open up your posture? Can we have better muscle activation? Have mind-body control. That's why I utilize the physical movement of yoga to get them connected to their mind, get them breathing, and get them sensory-oriented to their body. Start receiving signals and start to get it from their own body and bring questions to the practitioner. So you be the leader of your own healthcare. So it's like creating the inner healthcare system is my tagline. It's the transformation that needs to happen. And then and only then can you come and have a partnership with people like you and me and have a strategic approach that's going to guarantee that you will get better because you're fully committed and have faith and everything's in alignment and that alignment gap is closed. And you know, you know, you will get better and you can get better. Dr. Connie, this is so helpful, you know, and I think really for people to understand this from this angle and to not feel like they're going to see a doctor so the doctor could fix them. But I think the biggest thing here is that it is a partnership and you take it on together and the person is working with you and showing you versus talking down to you and telling you. And then this way too, it's, you can't really be disappointed because sometimes people say, oh, well, I worked with him. He didn't help me it's almost like, okay, well, what does that really mean, right? Like, what do you expect exactly from the help? And not to blame one or the other person, but I think the biggest thing here is just that it is this partnership and taking ownership and having someone that's going to guide you in the right way while you take ownership is really, really key. You said it. (laughs) You're the best, Dina. That's awesome. (laughs) This is just so helpful. And I think it's so important for so many to hear so that people aren't going from doctor to doctor, aren't spending thousands and thousands of dollars and coming in with, you know, five rattling bags of supplements that may or may not work you know, typically I would say may not work if there's so many and then they're just having supplements for symptoms, then they're having side effects from those supplements. It almost becomes like medication, don't you think? Yeah. After a while, when you take so many different supplements, it's just too much. It's the same thing. And yeah, and you have to be strategic about when, and you don't want to be taking too much. And, you know, believe me, I was that patient. I wanted everything from supplements because like when I first learned French functional medicine, that's what we're taught and everything sounds good. I need that. I need this. I need that. But it's not. We need to get sources from food and we supplement what we need, the gaps, but it should be minimal after we, you work with somebody like Ina or myself, it should be minimal supplementation not the majority of your nutrients come right, from that. Exactly. Exactly. And I always tell people <laughs> my goal isn't to keep you on supplements forever and ever. I mean, I think I repeat this phrase literally five times a day, every day. And it's a like, guess in the beginning, we may have to do a little more while we're cleansing something out or fixing a specific issue. But typically each phase may only take a month or two. Yeah. Before we even consider any of those things, Putting the ball back on to our listeners, our clients, let's make sure that we check these boxes. Are you sleeping every night? Because that's number one fundamental thing for your health. That's something you've got to work on. Are you hydrating every day? Are you drinking ample amounts of water? Are you making good food choices? And are you feeding your mind good information? Keep your posture upright, work on your posture management and move every single day. And if you can do these things, I promise everything else, like working with Ina would be a breeze. But that's the part you've got to do. 
you know, that's something that we require, don't you think, Ina? Absolutely. And that's something we have to cover. Definitely. And I think that is such a good list and a quick summary. And that's something that anyone can do. It's not that hard. Yeah. But these are basic things that so many people unfortunately don't. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate all of this information. Now, Dr. Connie, for those who want to connect with you, want to contact you, where can people find you? You can find me uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook uh, small group called Autoimmune Health Rebels. And we, we cover so much. It's a free small group that I cover weekly tasks and we work on the mind management. We work on yoga. We give you lots of functional medicine tips. You don't have to buy anything. A lot of people are there. These are high level autoimmune functioning clients that are seeking better answers to their solutions. So it's an elevated conversation we have in there, not woe is me conversations that I used to have in support groups mm, that I would find. That's great. So that's one way to find me. You can find me at alkalinewellness.com, lupusrebel.com, and of course, Instagram at lupusrebel and at alkalinewellness. Wonderful. And I will post all of those resources in the show notes so that everyone has access to that. Dr. Connie, it was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for all of this information. It's just so inspiring and it really brings this to a different level and really kind of turns things around onto the client or the patient that, you know, they really do have control because we do, we have control of what we do. And it's not just about having someone else take over. Um, It's up to us. We have the control. We can make these changes. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Ina. I hope to talk to you soon. As you just heard, Balancing our body and getting to the root of health issues, especially as it relates to autoimmunity, is multifaceted and has to include the work on the inside. This is exactly where I needed to go with Ava. I noticed that she was extremely diligent with her diet and supplements, but being so diligent was also causing her a ton of stress and she would feel anxious if she had to go out to eat or shift anything in her routine. Those anxious feelings would then spiral out in her head and it would go to her long to-do list, which would then affect her sleep and her sleep would affect her during the day with how she showed up in her work and with her family. She often woke up dreading the day because she didn't feel well and because she felt like she had to accomplish so much. Interestingly, but not surprisingly, she didn't even realize this was happening and so therefore did not think it could even be part of her underlying issue, but it was. We started by making a list of all of the things she enjoyed. And believe it or not, this was not as easy as she thought to really think about all of her desires. We then carved out two 15-minute time slots in her schedule to start implementing those things. She was excited, but noticed she felt guilty about taking that me time. And that was the first belief that we tackled. I used the dot exercise, which is actually based on EMDR principles, where I had her follow a moving dot back and forth on the screen with her eyes while saying the belief out loud with the words no more before the belief. I know this may sound a bit strange, but following the moving dot with her eyes activated the optic nerve and that nerve runs right in the middle of the brain between the right and the left hemisphere. And that helps us to go deeper into the subconscious mind where those beliefs are stored. We also identified many more beliefs such as I'm never going to heal. My body's broken. There's not enough time. I'm too busy. And the world is unfair. 
And we worked on eliminating all of those as well. We then used the mind-body method based on the work of Dr. Mario Martinez to help us connect the mind and the body and then disconnect the feelings and beliefs from where they manifest physically. It's one of my favorite modalities because it's so effective and it works very quickly, like quicker than most people would expect in a day or two. If you're not familiar with it, I talk about it in depth on my interview with Dr. Mario Martinez back in episode seven. So if you missed that one, or maybe it's been a while since you've listened to it, please be sure to play that one back. Next, I worked with Ava on observing her thoughts with no judgment. This was also harder than one may think because her thoughts were so fast and she never paused to listen. Once she heard them, it was hard for her not to judge them. But as anything else, we get better with practice and so did she. Laughing at the thoughts as they came up resonated with her and helped her to see them as a bystander without the same judgment. While we were doing all this, I actually gave her permission to eat certain foods that she was restricting. Having that permission really helped her ease the food anxiety that she developed over the last year and also provided her with more nutrients from a better varied diet. We then went through all of her supplements. She was on so much from the previous doctor that she worked with. Don't get me wrong, they were all good things, but I felt it was too much for her body to handle, process, and break down on top of the expense that she struggled with each month. We went through and picked out the most important ones and we were able to cut her list by half. Three months into our work from the whole mind and body approach, and while she was also taking less supplements and eating more foods, she saw a huge shift. Her energy improved, her joints were much less achy, her sleep got better, and her anxiety was pretty much non-existent. She felt that joy again. She was so excited to wake up each morning and face her day, which is a feeling she has not felt in a long time. I was so happy to support her through this, and now that she knows what to do and has the tools to do it, she could continue the work on her own. Everything in the body is so related, so please don't underestimate the power of these things, especially if you already supported your biochemistry but may still be experiencing issues. I also did a solo back in episode 77 called Are You Getting In Your Own Way of Healing? And if the concepts we spoke about today resonated with you, I think you'll find that episode very helpful as well. And I am really excited about the next episode where by popular demand, I am bringing back Dr. Don Wood, where we will be diving more into the beliefs, traumas, and anxiety, and then connecting it all to the post-COVID world. I can't wait to see you there on the next episode of Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.